and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm George Hendricks. And today we're talking about Minute 119. 119 begins with the alien queen squirming around a bit and ends with Ripley torching the shit out of a bunch of eggs. Yeah, and George is back. Uh, Todd uh, decided to take off. Uh, thankful to have him in for a couple episodes. That was great. Thanks again, Todd, for doing that. Um, but we're right back. Uh, we're, we're still in the middle of this confrontation between Ripley and the alien queen. She is just, uh, Ripley has just blasted a few shots from the old flamethrower there. Over the top of the eggs is a warning shot. Looked up at the alien, sort of like, okay, what are you going to do now? And the alien queen sort of sizes her up and then uh, I guess is kind of gesturing to her little guardian guys, her guards over there to back off, huh? The universal language of uh, all species is flamethrowers are bad for children. Yes. Uh, we can all agree on that yeah. uh, for sure. <laughs> but uh, the queen is definitely like, um, I guess she has that maternal instinct, right? I'm not going to lose these eggs. I mean, I don't know. Like she does, you know, ha- ha- she has like thousands of these eggs, right? Are these, is every egg really valuable to her? You think? It's, it's the thing is like about quantity over quality. I mean, it feels like if she's laid five, then that'd be one thing, but she's just cranking them out like literally a, a factory. So I can't imagine how she would lose one. She'd be like, oh, man. Right. So yeah. uh, the, the value of life in the xenomorph community can't be too intense. But at the same time, it's like, what's the, what does she got to lose? Like, do they really need to uh, kill and uh, and cocoon Ripley and Newt? Not really. No, so but I, like, yeah, I just laid all these eggs. Let's just let them go. For, right? I think that comes to, like, I think the desire to do that, like, because we see in a second, it's like, oh, well, the, 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 egg opens up and uh facehugger is about to pop out but that's more along the lines of just biological imperative it's like they're instinctually drawn to capture murder impregnate i mean that's just what they do right so it's like you know you can't it's like the whole uh fox scorpion parable it's like you can't not make scorpion be a scorpion that's true and so there's a, obviously a sign of intelligence in the fact that she reacts to the flame and like says no. And then like everyone kind of backs off a little bit, but then, you know, instincts kick in and it's like, all right, well it's on. Right now. So the queen kind of the, the guards or whatever you want to call them kind of back off. The queen's like, okay, there you go. Uh, Ripley starts to back away. What do you think about this sort of inciting moment here um, with the egg opening? Like, I, I don't know why, but it kind of feels a little weak. Like, is she really that worried about that one face hugger? That It seems like she's been given a pass to go free to me. Okay, I might be totally wrong about this, but it seems to me like the queen's saying, like, don't burn my eggs. Go ahead and get out of here. They're backing away. And it almost feels like that was a moment that they wanted, that James Cameron wanted in the story. But he needed something to be a threat so he could then motivate this next bit of action that occurs. And so he just has an egg open. Like, not really sure if it works 100%. I think from a narrative point of view, it does. Because, like I said, it's about biological imperative. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll give you a free pass. But it's really just a ruse in order to get her close enough to an egg about to open to where, you know, she could be taken. The problem is there's a really, there's a pretty long latency period between the time it opens and the time it comes out. So, and you know, Ripley's only real experience with the facehuggers has been one of sheer terror. 
like she's either only seen them on people and it's like murdering her friends or uh you know like when the when the one fell from the ceiling in the first one and she it freaked her out and then mm-hmm. um you know like the one in the lab that we're trying to get her and newt and she's having like a battle to the death with these things like she only knows like these things are bad news and they're fast yeah. and they're they're aggressive and so she sees these things open up she's like i'm not taking any chances i and plus she's got a bone to pick yeah, I know. I mean, the, the bone to pick part, though, is not a practical motivation. That's what I mean. Like, she's got a kid there. She just risked her life to save. They're in a position where maybe they can just leave. Obviously, what, what ensues from here on, I, I get it from a narrative standpoint. I get it from a character standpoint, but I don't get it from a practical standpoint at all. Like, her incinerating this whole room seems like just her getting catharsis, you know, and there's not much of a practical purpose for it. It could be, but also thinking, the- you know, it's like, it's like, okay, we're about to be out of here, but she's looking at all these eggs. She's like, okay, nope, this is just a cycle starting all over again. And she's like, like, I have to do something about this now because she doesn't just like hit the flamethrower and then run. She, she, t- like, as we were about to see, like coming up, she definitely takes out a lot of aggression as well as like, you know, shortening the life cycle of hundreds of these things. Yeah. No, I guess so. I, I don't know. To me, the, she creates a lot more of a dangerous situation than she creates a good like situation for Newt. Uh, but, and, and I don't know about the egg ruse thing. Like she's already surrounded by eggs. Like, I feel like if the egg was the ruse, then why didn't all the eggs open? Why wasn't she just like swarmed with face huggers? I don't know. It's fine. I'm not as nitpicking, obviously. But John, why um, are you trying to ruin the movie for people? I'm not. I, I, <laughs> I feel like there could have been one better. A better move would have been had you know. And, and I know it's real easy and kind of cliche, but um, if one of the uh, other, there would have been a third uh, alien behind her. Like just anything, like something to just set off the action or to make it seem like, okay, you were backing out. Oh, there's something behind you. She has to turn around to that. Then the other one's going to action. Like those things seem a little bit more motivated. This egg opening, I don't know if it really calls for, especially seeing as we don't even see a face hugger. Yeah. I, I think it also, it just doesn't it, call for her to go completely ape shit. It fits in with the symbology of like, you know, life cycle, motherhood, children, that sort of thing. It's, it's not so much the fact that, because I think if a drone had come at her, it'd be just like another xenomorph coming at her. But the fact that it's like another face hugger and that's where this all began, that, mm-hmm. that she's she's sort of like trying to like symbolizing that she's trying to like truncate the life cycle. Like she's trying to like yeah. interrupt it. And I think well, it's symbolizing, yes. Yeah, yes thematically, yes. it's much more germane to the story than if she just sure. was interrupted by another xenomorph. Because of course, there's no need for her to do this. They're all going to die. In a, there's a countdown for these aliens' lives, period. Like, if she really wants to kill all these aliens, all she got to do is leave. They're going to get blown up. She knows that. So there really isn't any reason for her to do this as far as, like, I got to take as many of these out as I can or anything like that. They're going to get taken out. But when you talk about symbology, you know, symbolism, like, if it's this is what, you know, the catharsis involved. I mean, Cameron talks about that on the commentary. He's like, yeah, I don't know if this really – make psychological sense even in any sort of real way, but the audience believes it and it feels good. And it's somebody, you know, it's that idea of that classic idea of baptism by fire, purging by mm-hmm. fire and getting a, and, you know, it is satisfying and it's great. And I'm not saying that I don't like it. I do like this moment and I love, you know, this for Ripley um, in 
the context of it being a like character in a film. But if I'm Ripley and I've got Newt and I've done all this to protect her, I'm not going to create this situation. But also she might not Newt. be thinking terribly rationally. Like she's very emotional. Like she's very cold yeah. and hard until she finally stops and like lets Newt in. So now at this point, she's very, she's the opposite. So I think she's, she's like, like reacting yeah. rather than like being cold and calculating. She's, she's just like, you know, fuck these guys. Yeah. Like, no, like yeah. I've seen so many of my friends die in terror and in pain. She's like, and I can take these guys out now. That's like that sort of like just gut check, like reaction that she's going with. And right. so, yeah, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of like motivational it's, sense, but it's, it's like you said, it's cathartic. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's selfish, you know, like she's, she's doing it for herself. She's definitely not doing it with Ripley or with Newton mind uh, here, but um, why not? You know, she spent the whole movie uh, doing everything for, for Newt, you know, the, she, all these little moments of maternal protectiveness that just come out in Ripley have been there. And, she, and, and, you know, all the way building up to this giant moment where she is not going to leave her behind. She's going to risk her life to go get her. But I guess now it's Ripley, it's Ripley time. I got to have a little Ripley time here. I'm going to have to deal with my own problems here for just well, a also, minute. Also, I feel like she's sort of like when mom goes on vacation without the rest of the family. You know? <laughs> this is her. <laughs> wine, this is her glass of wine and a bubble bath. <laughs> exactly. Rancho Relaxo. Marge Simpson going to Rancho Relaxo. Yeah, it's kind of what this is. She's like, hold on a second, kid. I got to deal with my shit real quick. Here it goes. I'm sorry if you get hit by any shrapnel. But uh, this is going to have to get taken. That's another thing is you got to think about just how like because she's so she handles herself relatively well and everything. But we just got to like stop back and think how emotionally damaged Ripley is at this point between the events of the first movie being stuck in cryo sleep for 60 years, watching her like finding out her her daughter is dead of old age, Um, you know, all these things. And then to top it off, now this thing's starting all over again. She's imprinted on a new kid. She's doing all this sort of stuff. Ripley is not in a good headspace. Yeah, no, I guess not. <laughs> I mean, she, of course she's not. But then again, like I said, though, she has been behaving uh, instinctual with the maternal instinct this whole movie. She's been doing things. She's been doing right by Newt the whole time. Um, even even in a bad headspace, even oh, in no, the no, no, and that's the thing. That's part of that's part of the thing. She is like so projected so much of her, like her lost time with her own child onto Newt mm-hmm. that that she is like going not just like doing what a mother would do, but taking it to eleven. Of course, yeah, definitely, yeah. I'm with you. I, I just like I just needed to nitpick this. No, no, that's fine. Like that's what we're here for. But yeah, I just I, I just love the fact that she's such this such a high functioning, crazy person throughout this entire. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's right. antisocial. She doesn't want to go. They basically strong armed her into doing this. She has nothing to live for. She is a walking zombie for like a, for a good chunk of it until like stuff starts to hit the fan. So the fact that she's mm-hmm. still managing to pull all this out is remarkable. Yeah. Well, that's why she's the best. Yep. She's one of the most interesting characters, action characters in, in movie history, for yep, sure. Without a doubt. One of my top five, that's for sure. Yeah. And you do. I do love that shot when the egg opens and we cut to her and she tilts her head. She's, she's like, like, fuck, not today. fuck this. Not today, Satan. I've had it with this shit. <laughs> Great. Oh, man, I don't have much else to say about this minute. Honestly, all that happens is what we've talked about. Yeah, there's just like a fire um, and like the great puppet work. And, you know, it's like, 
The thing is, oh, yeah. I think the alien, the queen alien is, is terrifying with the sort of like the cold blue smoky light, but there's something yeah. much more terrifying about it when you just surround her in flames. It just has that sort of like, you know, Bastian, like Geiger's wet dream hellscape mm-hmm. going on. Just yeah. like add some fire to it and it just takes it to the next level. No, it's beautiful. All this eggs, flaming eggs are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the queen, the, some good puppeteering, you know, obviously I think we're talking about the telephoto lens again. Yeah. We've got flame way in the foreground. Not They're not going to get that anywhere near their beloved puppet, but um, it looks like she's being like barbecued right now. You know, it's great. It's a great shot there at the, at the end of this minute. But all right. Well, I seriously don't have anything else. This might just have to be a shorty. <laughs> just a short <laughs> get in and get it done. Yeah. Uh, do you have uh, let everybody know what you're at Mogwai Minute? Yes. <laughs> Here, I'll do it for you. Thanks. You know, you, you, you know, you know, you know yeah. And uh, we're, of course, at alienminute.com on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast and on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for Minute 119. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 120.